Kenny Smith. That sounds like a name that Charles Barkley gives the cops. Yeah, yeah, I'm Kenny Smith. You know, you know. Got a whole bunch of things to talk about as we say hello. I should probably get my lips working as we say hello and welcome to this 468th episode of Unscripted. We've got uh, somewhere over the duration of this week's shows, we'll talk a little bit about the playoff matchups if they started today in the National Hockey League. Um, Some more news and notes from the worst-run professional sports league right now of the big four that Chris and I concentrate on. That's Major League Baseball. But I promise, 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 promise that I will not talk about the Houston Astros and uh, that the sign-stealing bullshit going on in Major League Baseball. I'm tired of talking about it. But there is some news and notes from Major League Baseball. And again, it goes out and shows again why Major League Baseball's leadership right now needs to be addressed in regard to long-term status with Commissioner Rob Manfred. There's just something not right working there. Um, A lot of things going on, believe it or not, in the National Football League, and I promise not to talk much about the Combine because, like the Los Angeles Rams and the... There was one other team, Los Angeles Rams and another team that weren't sending a full contingent to Indianapolis. Uh, Broncos. Thank you. The Denver Broncos, like the Rams and the Broncos... We don't give a shit about the the combine, but there is some news and notes out of the combine that I just want to make a blurb about. Um, also, some extra news and notes out there in the wonderful and wacky world of sports, and I want to talk about this as well. But I want to start this 468th edition of our little program with the National Basketball Association, and I want to start there because I've got two things today. First of all, I've got to start with, I am so sick and tired of hearing these so-called pundits, ex-jocks, Tracy McGrady on the NBA jump. Tracy McGrady, NBA jump, never won a title. Screw you. Um, Kendrick Perkins won a title a couple years ago with Cleveland, but he's doing it on the coattails of LBJ. There wasn't anything Kendrick Perkins did. Um, A lot of blowhards on these shows that aren't giving the Milwaukee Bucks proper respect. Milwaukee wins last night, beats a legitimate, the number four seed right now in standing in the Western Conference, the fourth seed, Oklahoma City Thunder, who have won 13 of their last 15 games coming into that game last night in Milwaukee. And what does Milwaukee do? Milwaukee puts a 133-86 to ass-kicking on Billy Donovan, Chris Paul, and the rest, Stephen Adams, the rest of the Oklahoma City Thunder. But I want to start in the NBA with this new rivalry, this new hatred that has developed quite quickly between the best player in the world right now, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and the guy who thinks he's the best player in the world, who happens to be the idiot from Arizona State, James Harden. All started at the All-Star game, uh, actually a week or so before the All-Star game, when the two team captains, LBJ and Giannis, picked their respective teams. And I believe it was Ernie Johnson because he was emceeing this affair. I believe it was Ernie Johnson from TNT Sports that posed the question when the time came for Giannis to make his next pick and still on the board was 
James Harden. The question was asked, would you take James Harden? And Giannis responded, and I believe, now remember Giannis still doesn't speak the English language proficiently yet. I mean, it's enough. He's he's audible, obviously, smart young man, but yet he is of Nigerian descent, grew up in Greece. He's not going to speak, he's not going to speak English a hundred percent like you've spent your whole life in North America. So sometimes maybe Giannis isn't quite understood by a lot of people in the media, but I think he was meaning a joke with this, but his response to Ernie Johnson's question was, I wish, excuse me, that I want someone who passes the ball. Legitimate question. James Harden you, Chris and I were talking about this a couple of weeks ago on Unscripted, and I said my top three right now for this year's MVP are Giannis, LeBron, and Luka Doncic of the Dallas Mavericks. And the reason I said that and I didn't even include Harden was because two reasons. Harden doesn't pass a lot, and he plays little to no defense, in my opinion. Now, the Houston Rockets have gone to the small ball lineup. Nobody bigger than six foot seven. Funny the other day watching a few minutes of the Grizzlies and the Rockets you had six foot seven PJ Tucker trying to guard former Raptors now current Grizzlies center Jonas Valanciunas at seven foot one you can probably get away with this small ball stuff in the regular season but it'll be interesting to see what happens in the postseason especially if they run up against the Los Angeles Lakers with a front line of uh, LeBron James uh, Anthony Davis and probably Dwight Howard Um, it'll be interesting to see how P.J. Tucker handles that. But it's really funny that the beard took such exception to Giannis's comment before the All-Star break that I quote, and I quote, I want somebody who passes, or someone who passes the ball. In an interview on Thursday, I believe, with Rachel Nichols of ESPN, Harden says when the question was asked, what is your response to some comments recently made by Giannis Antetokounmpo in regard to the beard. The beard came back with the brilliant line. He must have great writers on staff. I wish I could be seven feet tall and just dunk. That requires no skill. Um, I'm going to shut up here and let Chris get into the, into the conversation because I'm going to have something more to say after. But um, James Harden is a very good basketball player. I don't want that not to be stated. He's a very good basketball player. But in my opinion, there's a reason why the Houston Rockets, or before that, the Oklahoma City Thunder, have only been in one NBA Finals. They lost that one. Uh, The Oklahoma City Thunder did when they lost years ago in the NBA Finals, and I don't even remember to whom it was against. And there's a reason that the Houston Rockets have have not even made it to a Western Conference Final since the Beard has been a member of the Houston Rockets. Why is that? Maybe because he doesn't pass enough. Maybe because he doesn't play defense. But I don't give a damn, especially at this level. You can never have one or two guys take on the other team's five players at one, t- at, at one time. At any one point during a basketball game, you can never win two, one or two guys 
versus five. It ain't. It isn't good math is what the problem is in Houston. With James Harden, I'm not sure that he's willing to sacrifice his going for the world record of triple doubles yeah, right, exactly. in order to win a title. So I think it's more just selfish gameplay on his part. I really did appreciate and enjoy seeing Giannis just whip the ball at his head and like, oh, I was just trying to pass it across. <laughs> oh, oh, did your head get in the way? Oh, I don't know. And everyone's like, he knew what he was doing. And yeah, fuck yeah, he knew what he was doing. He beat him in the head because he's an idiot. And it was a lot of fun. Uh, by the way, you brought up Ernie Johnson and the TNT guys. You do need to go online if you haven't already and check out. I think it's only about five minutes long, but Jeff Ross, your buddy, he goes on, he roasts them for five oh, minutes. Really? Yeah, Shaq, Ernie Johnson, Kenny Smith, and Charles Barkley. And it's great. I need to watch it again. It was so good, even though it's so short. He said, uh, he said, uh, Kenny Smith. That sounds like a name that Charles Barkley gives the cops. Yeah, yeah I'm Kenny Smith, you know? you know? And the only reason that Charles Barkley wanted to be in Space Jam was because he thought it was about jelly that's out of this world. And he, he just had all these great lines about it, and I just thought it was really funny. But yeah, anyway, the, uh, the Giannis thing, I, I don't think there's much question that Giannis is the best player in the world. I know LeBron's still going on, and, and if LeBron dedicates himself and really focuses on being the all-time leading scorer, which he really... I think it's something that he really should do. That's great. I think as time goes on, he spends more time in Hollywood. I think he'll be more and more tempted just to go and free up a lot of time and just be able to do all his Hollywood stuff or whatever. So I could see him taking his eye off the ball, as uh, as you could say. But anyway, the point is uh, Giannis is the best and James Harden is clearly a douchebag. And, <laughs> and, and I hope that uh, Giannis keeps dominating this feud. I'm glad you brought up uh, LeBron with the scoring, all-time leading scorer in NBA history. I've got a quick note about that, and I'll get to it as soon as I make this point. But last night, as I mentioned, in their 47-point win over Oklahoma City without all-star Chris Middleton, Giannis only played 27 minutes. And in those 27 minutes, I say he had an impact on the game. That ended up again, the Bucks' 51st victory in 59 games 133 to 86 over a playoff team in Oklahoma City. That's a 47 point victory for you non math majors like me out there. Last night in the win, Giannis again played 27 minutes, but he had 32 points, 13 rebounds, six assists, and was ranked at a plus minus of plus 44. Wow. Just imagine if Giannis had any skill and played more than three quarters of a game for the Bucs. It's it's just unbelievable, and you know here's the thing, this may seem preposterous, but look at what the Bucks did last year. Yes, they were sixty and twenty-two, but unfortunately they lost in the conference final to the Toronto Raptors, and that's why a lot of people aren't high on Milwaukee right now. They lost a two-nothing lead in that series. That's a pretty damn good Toronto team last year. I'm not making excuses, and the turning point of that series last year was that the Bucks lost a double overtime game three. If the Bucks win that double overtime game three, the series probably is over in four. But that was the momentum that the Raptors needed, and they got, and congratulations to them. But Milwaukee's still a pretty damn good basketball team. Um, but I, I just can't believe this guy, when I say this, not only is he in line to win back-to-back -back MVPs, but I heard this last night in the broadcast, Ryan something and Doris Burke were doing the broadcast for ESPN. And one of them threw out the opinion, maybe that Giannis is also could qualify as most improved player. I don't know how you do that. 
That doesn't really make sense. But you win back, potentially win back-to-back MVPs, but you also include him as the most improved? That doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense, but they were talking about it on the broadcast. But I do believe with the numbers, especially obviously when you have... Now, this doesn't happen every game, but in this extreme example, when you have a plus-minus of plus 44, you could probably throw Giannis out there as defensive player of the year as well. I mean, think about it. Mm-hmm. It makes more sense than MVP. I mean, sorry. Uh, the most invaluable. Yeah, most, most improved. improved. Right, sorry. absolutely. Steph Curry uh, switching gears, but staying in the NBA real quick. Steph Curry was scheduled to be back for the Golden State Warriors tomorrow against the Washington Wizards after missing all but three games this season with a broken wrist. But I just got a blurb on my phone saying that the Warriors are moving that back. They think he needs more practice time. And that goes in line with my question to Chris, which was going to be, why does Steph Curry even worry about playing this lost season for the Warriors? Get prepared for next year when you got Thompson back, Green back, a draft pick, high draft pick back, potentially number one, and a high-priced free agent. Chris said it, and I'm I'm tending to agree with him. Um, He's seeing that the Golden State Warriors are going to win multiple uh, championships in the next five years with that team together. And I, I'm starting to believe that as well. Um, I got a question here. This is where I wanted to go. So no, if you're waiting for Steph Curry tomorrow to basically reemerge for the Golden State Warriors, it's not going to happen. And his return has been put on the back burner until he gets more practice time. Again, I don't know why they would even worry and put him out there this year in a lost season for the Golden State Warriors. This is the question I wanted to ask to ask to Chris. He was talking about the all-time scoring leader potentially in NBA history. And right now, that title is held by six-time MVP, six-time NBA championship, five with the Lakers, one with the Milwaukee Bucks, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. He holds the top spot on the all-time scoring list in NBA history with 38,387 points. We remember it's now been, what, a month ago when Kobe died. The day before, LBJ had passed Kobe for number three on the NBA's all-time scoring list. As we sit now here on February 29th, I know it seems weird to have an extra day. As we sit here on February 29th, LBJ sits at 33,918 points. My question is to Chris, Now at 35 years old, can LBJ, I think he can, but the better question is, will LeBron James pass the great Kareem Abdul-Jabbar for that top spot uh, as the all-time leading scorer in NBA history? He probably will, and he will if he's dedicated to it, like I said earlier, but I just... It's so hard to tell how distracted he's going to be. I mean, to commit yourself to an NBA season, never mind multiple ones in your mid-30s, and he's got all this other stuff he wants to do. He's got all the money in the world. He's got his school. He's got his television career. He's got acting. He's got directing and producing. Like, he's just got so much on the go that imagine how much time he could free up if he stopped playing basketball. So there's just no way to know where it sits in his head about you know how much time he's willing to get it, dedicate i would think if he's thinking clearly he should make himself get to number one you know ideally get to forty thousand points and be the first person to do that but it's just hard to tell because he's got so many irons in the fire right now so uh if he decides that's a goal of his then yes he'll get there what do you think 
I, I, I don't have anything to add. I think you've hit all the topics that I would have said. Um, his desire, his passion still needs to be there. Is he still, it's going to take him a number of years. And like Chris just mentioned, how dedicated is he going to be with all the extracurricular activities that he's got going on in his personal and business life? Um, but I truly believe if they can keep the boys in the band together in regard to keeping Anthony Davis there, um, they're going to need a couple of other pieces. I mean, obviously the Lakers are a championship contending team when LeBron and Anthony Davis are on the floor at the same time. But when LeBron is on the bench or when he sits out with a sore groin, which he did on Thursday against the Golden State Warriors, they are not a championship caliber team. It's just that LeBron is that much of a difference maker. Yes, you still have Anthony Davis, but somebody's got to get him the damn ball. So I think there's a lot of factors, but I'm not going to step on Chris's toes here because he hit all the he hit all the pertinent facts. If he does the things which Chris talked about, I think he's got a chance. But I think realistically, to get from another 5,000 plus points and to get to 40, he's got to get to almost 7,000 plus points. I think he's going to have to play another four years, and that puts him at 39. He could do that. Uh... Yeah, it's just his just his motivation is the question there, I guess. Carl uh, Malone must be in second place. Carl right? Malone's in second. Yeah, that's okay. correct. Carl Malone is in second. That is correct. Um, quickly, a couple other things uh, from the NBA. Uh, well, again, one. I've got one other, but I'm going to save that to a special section. Uh, this is called a teaser. We're going to poke some fun at some of the worst owners in the big four of professional sports, and I've got a hell of a list. Some are alive, some are dead, some should be dead, um, some are walking dead, but um, I've got a hell of a list, and we're going to save that because I've got, a, I've got a reason why this guy is at the top of my list, and you'll know. Okay, I'll give you a couple clues. NBA owns the Knicks, owns Madison Square Garden. Do you know who I'm talking about? Good, keep it to yourself. Um, Fat boy, Williamson, Zion Williamson, great player. I'm still, I, I, I'm, I, have you seen him? Have you seen him play yet? Mm-hmm. Okay. Does he not look a little heavy to you? <laughs> yeah, he's, uh, yeah, he's, he's got some Barkley-esque tendencies. Thank you. That's all I need to say. I swear to God, if he doesn't keep up the, he looked in better shape last year at Duke than he has so far with the New Orleans Pelicans. And that doesn't mean he can't play ball. But if he doesn't lose that baby fat, I believe it's going to inhibit him and it's going to shorten his NBA career. It could be a prolific NBA career. Some people still believe that Zion Williamson is going to win NBA Rookie of the Year. I don't think there's enough out here. I still think the kid from from the uh, no, Jim, I always want Jim to say Rand. Van yeah I always want to say the Vancouver Grizzlies, yeah. but the Memphis Grizzlies, Jean Morant, Morant, whatever the fuck his name is, just call him Jay. Uh, but regardless, Zion Williamson's uh, from Friday Night's Action became the first teenager in NBA history with 10 straight 20-point games. So he's got a lot of talent, but I still believe in my heart of hearts if he wants to take that next step to superstardom, he's got to lose another 25 to 30 pounds. I truly believe that. But obviously with numbers like this, he has got NBA skills. There's no question about it. Do we know what his actual nutritional and workout habits are? A lot of guys just rely on their genetics and they don't have to do anything. And then they don't know what to do when things turn 
south on them. So I don't know if he's just relied on his, especially bigger guys. I mean, this almost seems to a degree sort of like what we've talked about in the past where you get someone like Jamarcus Russell or Ryan Leaf or Eric Lindros and they're they're big for their age already, even against other big men, and they can just power their way through sort of a man amongst boys thing. Between that and genetics, I mean, who was it again? The one guy we talked about who was eating 24 chocolate bars a day? Oh, uh, Dwight Howard? Yeah, it might have been Dwight Howard. They're like, and, and still look good. Like, I mean, come on. If I ate 24 chocolate bars a day, it would be, come on. It would just be ridiculous. So a lot of these guys have just, they just take it for granted. And they're just like, oh, you know, I just do whatever and it's fine. So I worry that Zion might be one of those guys. And if that's the case, even with all the money and trainers and everything in the world at his disposal... It's a tough thing to make that change mentally. I don't care who you are. For people to just start working out, if they've never done that before, had the discipline, even if you have trainers and money and whatever, it's a really big shift. Even if your goal, even if your career is being a professional athlete, it's just a really, really big shift. And it's really tough to maintain over the long term, certainly, and even over the medium term. So I don't know if he's going to be able to make that change, assuming that he hasn't been much into working out or anything yet i don't know but i get the feeling that he's been coasting on his genetics and uh, if that continues then mike's right and it's just going to be uh, a bad news down the road okay i found this interesting as again i'm switching gears but saying hi to all of you out there in unscripted land welcome to episode number 468 of our little program hope all is well wherever you are listening the uh, coronavirus seems to be dominating the news these days, and I am starting to wonder, would the International Olympic Committee seriously consider canceling the 2020 Olympic Games in Tokyo, the Summer Olympic Games, due to this coronavirus? And I've heard, I don't know if my sources are true, and it's not really sources, it's reading something. What I've been reading is that they're looking as the measuring stick maybe better better put as the drop-dead date, is the end of May, is what I'm hearing in regard to the Olympic Committee, International Olympic Committee, seriously thinking about canceling the 2020 Summer Olympic Games from Tokyo due to the coronavirus. Um, I don't really know. I think that um, we've seen a lot, of, a lot of different sporting events, a lot of things in general. We saw a state of the a state of emergency uh, set in San Francisco this week. Now there's a huge Asian population in San Francisco, so that probably obviously had something to do with the state of emergency in the city of San Francisco. Schools are closing in San Francisco. Uh, a lot of different uh, things are shutting down in San Francisco because of this ongoing coronavirus they've also got a, a huge homeless problem there right now and oh. that's not going to help with things with spreading people everywhere on the street like it's just a disaster in california right now i i just wonder um i'm asking your opinion because i really don't know i i don't know enough of it um i'm hoping that the coronavirus stays away from southern alberta but i also know that there's a very large asian community in calgary that that scares me a little bit and I don't want to just make this an, an Asian thing, but uh, obviously when it originated and we first found out about it, uh, it started in, and, and uh, gained in 
severity in China. So I'm wondering, I pose the question, would the International Olympic Committee seriously consider canceling the 2020 Summer Olympic Games in Tokyo due to the coronavirus? Your thoughts, sir? Well, I think they absolutely would. I mean, they want to be, they'll play it safe. And I don't know, I feel like all these international organizations are are pretty left-wing and hysterical. So I think that they, you know, and cowardly. So I think that they absolutely would. Um, I, I still am not sold on the stupid coronavirus thing. I don't care. Like the only people that are hurt by it are, you know, old people in poor health from what I've seen. Uh, and uh, and uh, Olympians are the exact opposite of that, by the way. So, you know, there was someone got it in Ontario and they, you know, laid in a bed for a day or two and they were fine. So I'm just, I'm kind of tired of this, you know, because I'm still waiting to get the swine flu and the bird flu and SARS and what else, mad cow disease and like all this stuff. Like they always say, oh, this is the next what, what was pandemic. The one, what was the one that people avoided going to Rio in 2016? You remember Zika. that? Zika. Zika, that's it. Yeah, yeah, it's always something now. It's always some pandemic is coming. And, you know, with the bird flu, all of a sudden Halliburton and Dick Cheney magically have all the Tamiflu, you know, so what a surprise. And, you know, none of this stuff has ever come to fruition at all. It's, uh, this is going to pass like the rest of it. I'm tired of this worldwide pandemic and we're all going to die. It's totally ridiculous. It's not going to, it's not going to be a bad thing to anyone who is in remotely good health from what I've seen at least, and I'm just not worried about it whatsoever, and I think it's the wrong decision to cancel the Olympics 100%. I could totally see this getting out of control and them doing it, though, because I don't trust the IOC as an organization at all, but uh, I don't think that would be the right decision at all. I found this funny. Um, because of this coronavirus, I found this hilarious. This is people that have way too much time on their hands living in mother's basements. Mayor Nenshi. Um, 38% uh, of Corona beer sales, the, you know, the, the uh, famous Mexican beer, Corona, that you put the lime in. You can't drink it straight. Got to drink it cold, too. <laughs> corona beer sales are down 38% since this outbreak of the coronavirus because people believe that drinking Corona beer could make them sick. I, you know, this is just people that have nothing better to do that just want to scare people. I really believe that. But 38% sales are down at Corona, 38% because people believe that drinking Corona beer could make them susceptible to the coronavirus. It has nothing to do with a bottle of beer, from my understanding. I just, you know, <laughs> this level of stupidity. I mean, I, I, it's 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 tough for me. You know what does what? Do, but really, in all seriousness, what do the Corona people do to combat this? Besides, change the name of their product, and they're not going to do that. But what do they do? They're up in arms. Their their numbers are down almost forty percent because there's a bunch of idiots out there that believe what they read and what they what they hear, and the world is coming to an end. And so the beer drinkers that were loyal to Corona, 38% of them are saying, hell no, I'm going to try a different brand because I'm afraid of contracting the coronavirus if they drink Corona beer. I mean, that's as dumb as that list that we're yeah, going to go through. Well, that's, this is infinite stupidity. This is as dumb as it gets. This is, this is John Jones dumb. Like, this is all the way. 
And so you know what though? I mean, if you're if you're Corona, there's a few things you could do. I mean, you can take different tacks. You could, you know, go on the attack and call people stupid. Frankly, which uh, an organization like that would be unlikely to want to do, especially being, you know, associated with a laid back lifestyle. But uh, I, I they could they could have some fun with it. They could be educational about it. You don't want to be too serious though. Like they're in a tough spot. If I was the makers of a competing beer like Soul, yes. Oh, all, nice. All of a sudden. Then I I would just, yeah, I would just make commercials about like not even referencing that or anything, but just showing people drinking your beer and just showing them like putting the lime in the beer, drinking the beer with lime and make people want to have that experience. But then they go with soul and maybe they make the switch forever. Maybe they like the taste of, maybe they just legitimately like the taste of soul better and have never tried it. Right. When I worked at Earl's, we, we sold soul, not oh, Corona. Really? Yeah. And so... You know, maybe they try it and, and it ends up being uh, being a good thing for that company. But yeah, if I am someone like that, another lime, uh, put the lime in the beer type of a product. Yeah, I'm pouncing on this and I'm taking advantage of the stupidity. Well, I, I just don't understand it. I don't understand why people think that drinking a brand of beer is going to make them potentially susceptible to the coronavirus. I guess that just shows how dumb beer drinkers are yeah <laughs> well uh but bud light platinum is just fine that's bud light like, platinum <clears throat> is great sounds like a small sounds like a beer for smart people yes but uh you know what i did want to i just thought Please. of this it's february 29th today leap year and you know we i mean just we only really record once a week or so and just the odd like we'll probably never ever even if we did this for a long long time we'll probably never record on february 29th again maybe 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 but you never know right. it depends how the weeks fall and all that but i had a leap day question for you okay so because you know the people call it leap day mm -hmm. right so here's a Here's a leap day question that I think you are qualified to answer. <laughs> and I'm going to call this gentleman by the way that his mother says his name is supposed to be pronounced. All right. Does Leroy Butler belong in the Hall of Fame? And why am I bringing him up today? Well, Leroy Butler, according to how the people pronounce his name, and it is correct the way that you had mentioned it, but uh, Leroy Butler, Leroy Butler... Um, should be in the Football Hall of Fame. I thought he was going to be on it this year. His numbers were better than Steve Atwater's were, in my opinion. I mean, the numbers don't lie. If, you, if you're if you into analytics and you're into numbers, Leroy Butler, the starting strong safety for the Green Bay Packers during the Brett Favre years when they won Super Bowl thirty one and lost Super Bowl thirty two to Atwater's Denver Broncos. But I think that uh, Leroy Butler should be in the Football Hall of Fame for his football, but he was also the originator of the Lambeau Leap. And um, for those two reasons there, I don't know where else you wanted me to go with this, but I just think for the pure numbers, he had more interceptions, he had more tackles. Um, maybe it's the small Green Bay market. I don't know what it is. Uh, maybe... Uh, I, for a lot of reasons, I think that Leroy Butler should be in the Hall of Fame as a safety for the Green Bay Packers. Why he is not is a travesty, but of course, anytime a Packer fan believes that one of their guys has been shafted, i.e. Jerry Kramer for 50 years, when finally getting in at age 82 on the Veterans, uh, on the Veterans Committee or whatever it was, but I just truly believe if you go on the basis of Leroy Butler's years in Green Bay 
and what he did for what became a championship team, I think that there's no reason. Now, Steve Atwater's a hell of a football player. I'm not, I'm not taking away from that. But I just feel that Butler's numbers were better. He played on a championship team, and so did Atwater. I get that. But I truly believe that maybe this year wasn't the year for Leroy Butler, but I believe at this time next year, number 36 will be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame in Canton, Ohio. I'm hoping, obviously, but I believe, and what I have read since he was, you know, not included in this year's class, uh, I truly believe that, um, and what I am reading is that a lot of people, the pundits out there, believe that Leroy Butler will be in the 2021 NFL class for guys going to the Pro Football Hall of Fame, and I hope that they are true. Yeah, I just wanted to bring him up because it is Leap Day, and his Twitter handle is at Leap36, and he invented the Lambo Leap, and I just thought it was the right time to bring him up. And of course, he is in the Green Bay Packers Hall of Fame yes. already, and he has the championship. He has the Super Bowl, which I know a lot of people like Mike, especially uh, always want to see on the resume when it comes to the Hall of Fame. Uh, multiple Pro Bowls and All Pro, uh, you know, uh, titles as well to his credit. So yeah, I don't see any reason why you wouldn't have him in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. We've got a run on this 468th episode of Unscripted. A lot of good things to get to the rest of this week. So I want to get started. We've got some National Hockey League things to talk about. We've got some, uh, unfortunately, Major League Baseball things to talk about. But as I promised, we're not talking about the sign-stealing sign crap. That's going to be going on all year. We've got some NFL news and notes. Not much from the, from the Combine, but more specifically, here's a little teaser for you involving a broadcaster. That's all I'm going to say. Plus, we've got a list of compiled between the two of us, between some of the crappiest owners, in all of professional sports. And for some reason, uh, it tends to uh, originate from the city of Cleveland is all I will say there because there's a couple of Cleveland owners that are on my list as some of the shittiest owners in professional sports. So I want to get to that. So we'll say good, we'll put a, we'll say goodbye and we'll put a, a wrap on this 468th episode of Unscripted with Mike and Chris. As always, I want to thank you for participating and Hopefully that you will continue to do so. Having said that, for the executive producer of Unscripted, Mr. Chris Fluke, I'm Mike Jansen. Until next time.